And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Everybody loves a comeback. A Cinderella story, a big win coming from behind. And there are so many of them that have come up since the whole COVID-19 thing hit two years ago. And I'm going to talk about Comeback KC Ventures. KC, as in Kansas City, and I know we're list- we have listeners all over the world, 181 countries last year. And thank you for that. But KC, Kansas City, that's my hometown. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Now, before I get into who we're talking with today, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's my company, people, and I want to help you make your tech dreams come true. Go to Fullscale.io and just click the tab that says Get Started, answer a few questions, and we'll get back with you and let you know if we can help. With me today, I've got Jim Starsev, and Jim is the Solutions Lab Program Manager at KC Digital Drive. Does that sound familiar? Because we've had other people from KC Digital Drive on the show in the past. We'll put a link to the show notes for that other episode, which had Aaron Deacon on it. But, you know, without any further ado, straight out of my hometown, Jim, welcome to Startup Hustle. Matt, thank you. My pleasure to be here today. Yeah, you know, I, I like to start the conversations on this show with you giving us a little background about your backstory. So let's 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 hear it, Jim. Yeah, I, you know, I started with the entrepreneurial bug a while ago. So not to date myself, but about two decades ago, I started my first company. um, And for the last 20 years have just lived in the startup ecosystem. So that company was in the fintech space, had a a true bootstrap. Uh, My partner and I started it with about $6,000, grew it to a 50 employee company that was acquired by Charles Schwab. So it was was quite an experience over eight years. And and after that, we we started bouncing around. I did some interesting things, opened a couple gelato shops. Um, So if anybody ever wants to talk, you know, Frozen desserts, love, love that topic. Um, from there, we we merged into a data analytics for retail. So I actually, even today, still do a lot of work with coffee shop owners. So I'm, I'm heading to New York for the International Food Show and Coffee Fest this weekend um, to, to speak to probably a few hundred people that own coffee shops and and talk to them about how to do their business. So it's been, for me, as I said, I've bounced over. And, and actually, my most recent venture, I had a former employee uh, that at Intelligent, the fintech that we sold, that decided he wanted to start a business. So I worked with him for a couple of years on a company called Nexa Insights, another Kansas City company that's that's doing surveys to, to financial advisors. And and he, you know, we helped him get that off the ground. He's doing a phenomenal job knocking that out of the park. Um, I then took a little bit of a pivot myself about a year and a half ago. I decided I wanted to move into the nonprofit world. So I jumped in with Aaron Deacon at KC Digital Drive and took over the program manager for our solutions lab. 
Give me a little bit more explanation about what KC Digital Drive does. And once again, there's a a link in the show notes for the episode when Aaron was on the show. And, you know, that was like, honestly, man, that was like 600 episodes ago. (laughs) So, uh, you know, the link's down there. But what's the core mission uh, at KC Digital Drive? Yeah. So, you know, we started actually, it's it's. It's kind of crazy, I know, especially for Aaron, 10 years ago. So we actually celebrated our 10-year anniversary in May. Um, that happened to coincide with when Google Fiber came to Kansas City. So that yeah. was really the start of KC Digital Drive, um, a lot of smart city, and, and really the big driver being digital equity. And, and you know, how can we make for sure everybody, everybody in town, everybody in Kansas City, the whole region, really has access to the tools that they need to succeed in, in today's environment. Um, and we, that is still one of our core pillars. We do a lot of work um, in that space, but we've also expanded out. I mean, we, I like to say that, you know, we sit at the um, intersection of emerging technology and doing good. Um, and so we, we, we touch, touch a lot of different things, like in Solutions Lab, you know, just in this year, ran an augmented reality, virtual reality developer challenge. I've got an air quality um, monitoring program. We've, we've put about um, 50 sensors along the what we call the Truce Corridor to be able to really monitor what the, what the particles are in the air and pull that out and do that. And we've got some interesting things going with that. We do, as we said, we've done a lot in the COVID response, um, including the big one we want to talk about today is the, the Comeback KC Ventures um, program that we launched about 12 months ago. You are a true entrepreneur, mainly because you've got to be doing 15 different things. <laughs> um, a couple of things for context. Uh, uh, you know, Jim mentioned Google Fiber. So Kansas City was the first major city in the United States to have our entire inter- internet infrastructure strung up with fiber optic line. And uh, Google uh went through a whole process like Topeka, Kansas actually changed their name to Google Kansas for a day trying to get Google's attention. But, you know, that particular part of the timeline is important for Kansas City's tech scene, in my opinion, because, well, I moved back here shortly after that. Uh, I had been in Indianapolis, even though this is my hometown. But there was a lot, you know, at the time, now look, this isn't high technology a decade later, but at the time, no one had this gigabit speed. So uh, it attracted a lot of startup activity, a lot of venture capital and stuff like that, because people were able to get in and do a lot more model testing related to things that you look at like tele stuff, meaning like video conferencing, or I don't know, it had a lot of smart city implications, as you mentioned. Another thing, um, a rule here on the podcast is if you mention gelato, you're supposed to have some <laughs> for everyone. Should so have, should have brought some uh, I'm going to give you a pass on that this first time, but I didn't get to be this big and fat um, <laughs> without the help of gelato. So it, it definitely added a few pounds to my physique. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I mean, it's, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay. So Comeback KC Ventures, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show that there's a lot of comeback stories. There's a lot of not comeback stories from COVID too. Um, So you have a give and a take. Some, you know, one of the things that uh, we've been pretty um, open about this. So, you know, like an example at full scale, when COVID hit, I lost 35% of my recurring contracts in a month. Um, it took me three months to get them back. And the reason I got them back is because some of our clients, so we work 
pretty specifically with technology related companies. And some of them found that they were booming. Right. And then some of them were like, holy crap, this is not good. Yeah. And then there was a whole nother category that emerged because I've done multiple shows that, that weren't even just about this, like a local company, Black & Veatch did a, did a COVID related uh, some grants and there was a lot of stuff with that and and you and comeback kc ventures is one of those too so uh, as you mentioned two-thirds of the way through it so i'm, I'm assuming yeah. what we're going to do today is a little bit of a temperature check on some of that yeah. and then maybe we'll see how it ended in the end but how did you even go about like how did this even start like i, I get the not-for-profit right. thing and thank you for all you're doing here in my hometown uh, but when you look at some of this stuff, I think a lot of people see it pop up. They're like, oh, cool. This is a great program. But how do you even get something like it started? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, we've been involved in, you know, the the startup ecosystem for quite a while back to the, you know, the launch KC days for people in Kansas City that remember that grant program. You oh, yeah. know, KC Digital Drive was one of the, the companies kind of behind that. Um, we do a lot of work in our code for KC where we're really helping bring people in and develop things out. We've had quite a few companies actually come out of some of the, you know, nonprofit work that we've done, which we're always a fan of and, and really encouraged to do that. So, so for us, as we said, it, it goes back when, when COVID started, we actually did play a big part in the, the city's response, you know, Comeback KC was really kind of the whole marketing campaign around, you know, PSAs and, you know, people, you know, when, when do we need to be masking and, and you know testing options and vaccine options, and we did a lot of the data work behind the scenes um, with that, pulling that out. So, so we were we were already heavily involved on kind of the health side of it, um, and and we do, as I said, I I didn't even begin to mention all the things. And we have a health innovation group that we've had for years that bring together. So we were we were heavily involved there. We were heavily involved in the startup ecosystem anyway. So we saw it was really a grant from Department of Commerce came out and said, you know, look, we're going to award the federal, um, the federal, federal, federal Department of Commerce. I think I'm trying to remember how many awards they gave. It was a very well, competitive. Well, well, think about that for yeah. a second, because I forgot to mention earlier, you can go to kcdigitaldrive.org. There's a link for that in the show there notes is. as well and learn more about that. But so the Department of Commerce, we're talking like the big government, the big not government. just like Kansas not and Missouri. Little, right. So they had a nationwide, they put out to all the communities. There were, there were hundreds. We have lots of our partner ones that I know submitted for this that didn't get it. So, right. um, but we were able to put together a proposal. We worked with UMKC Innovation Center, um, you know, Maria Myers and Jill Myers there and talked to them and said, Hey, we think we could really put together a good package of, of ways between both of our organizations that we can really help these companies, either pure startups. I mean, we, we actually were trying to take this, hey, here's an idea. Can you bring this yeah. into a company? Two, as I said, companies that had been around but had really pivoted or created a solution that says, hey, because of COVID, we're going to offer this. And our goal was to help 20 companies um, over this 18-month period um, to, as we said, either either start or scale um, what they were doing. So and it's it's been, it's been exciting. So we, we started off with um, workshops. We did four what we call discovery workshops on on specific areas. We had a healthcare focus. We had an education focus. We had a digital inclusion focus, and then we kind of had a generic, any entrepreneur type um, open open session and brought this in. Brought a lot of community leaders and people to the table. We probably had about two hundred people participate in those workshops to tell us 
hey, here's here's some things I've heard of um, that are being done in Kansas City. Here's some things we've seen in other parts of, of the country that we think someone should bring to Kansas City to do. Here are just some ideas. Hey, here's a problem that I've seen, you know, that true entrepreneurial spirit. Here's a problem that someone needs to solve. So so we did all those workshops and, and came up with a whole bunch of ideas, a whole bunch of contacts, people to work with. Rolled out, we did a showcase in the fall of like the first 10 companies that had kind of come through to say, take a look at it. And companies like IA Quality, who was doing air purification, um, Come On Now, that was helping people get into particularly community health type organizations to get appointments and get that scheduled and, you know, not have to wait in waiting rooms um, with that. Um, and, and we had a few others that maybe didn't feel like Hollywood Animation Studio, who because of COVID was able, it was a, Gavin came from the West Coast, where he'd been working on lots of Netflix and other shows, but said, hey, I can now work remotely. Why don't I start teaching people in Kansas City how they can get involved in, you know, the Hollywood industry from Kansas City? So so we had some really cool, cool companies that we did. And then some really high tech, you know, MetaView is a company that does augmented reality surgical navigation with a telehealth um you know, remote option to bring that in. So there's companies, I mean, their technology, they've got FDA approvals for using Microsoft HoloLens in a surgical setting. It's it's really cool to see some of the things that have really popped out of this. So when I think of government grants, accelerators, councils, local, federal, 200 people, I it, to me that if I had to, think of a word that went with that. I honestly would probably say slow. Yeah. Uh, now that was, but you guys couldn't be slow. Could not be slow. So how'd you fix that problem? They call it a sprint grant. Okay. Um, you, have, you have 18 months to yeah. get this all done. Um, you know, part of it was we, we leveraged, you know, kind of that boots on the ground um, philosophy we had, especially with UMKC innovation, all the stuff that they already offered, you know, digital sandbox became part of this, the, tech venture class. So a lot of things that already existed, we were able to to bring people in. We brought a lot, as I said, it, it took a large team. You know, we had, you know, three or four people on our side in Digital Sandbox, about six or seven people at UMKC Innovation. We brought in facilitators to run the workshops and do that. So really definitely a kind of a team collaborative effort um, to get a lot of things done. And, and at times it's like any other, you know, true entrepreneur, there's, there's times we definitely want to pull our hair out and, and say, you know, this, this is hard. Maybe it's harder than what, you know, when you write up a 10 page grant, it all sounds kind of easy. And then once you actually are doing it, um, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. By yeah, a lot that's of never easy. I don't know. That's why I said, <laughs> that's why the word slow yeah. came out because there's a lot of paperwork and anytime you get yeah. committees and the more people you have to get to agree on anything, I don't care if it's about a grant just in life, the, yeah. the more difficult that can become. So I, I have an additional question with that. Sure. Uh, did the department of commerce demand and require speed? Yes, it was their program. It, it okay. was, it was considered a sprint grant, right. as I said. So 18 months was the time Time frame we couldn't exceed that okay yeah and that's uh, yeah i mean that obviously right. makes sense and once again the government's not ever i'm never yeah. like oh gosh they're so fast <laughs> with that i should say too though you know we're an organization that always helps companies and always works with them right. you know when 18 months in it's not like we're kicking everybody sure. out the door 
Well, I think, that, yeah, I would imagine yeah. that I would imagine on a federal level that that is a major part uh, because if you're right. like, hey, we're going to go find companies. Yeah. Oh, OK. It's harder than than you think, because the companies that need and operate in that space and need that boost, uh, they're not as easy to they're not right. they're not as obvious and, and easy to find. So what did that process look like? So now you get the grant. And then you got to reach people and, and, you know, kind of, Hey, we're doing this. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what we use kind of those workshops to do that. And that's why, you know, oddly enough, as I said, in lots of ways, when you think of accelerators, we were completely wrong order. You know, we, we right, did right, a demo right. day at the sure. start of it, yeah. you know, but we did that to highlight, to say, Hey, look, these are the kind of, you know, ideas. These are the kind of responses that we are looking for. Um, and so we put that showcase out there right at the beginning as so a it was way almost to more of an audi- it. It was more of an audition day. Yeah. Audition. Day. Yeah. Because a couple of companies yeah. ended up not sticking through the program even, but not only an audition for those companies, but it then promoted it out to everybody else to say, oh, wait, here's this program and they can help me and I've got this idea and can I do it? So we did that. And then we leveraged our network. As I said, that sure. workshop was going out to people that we knew and had worked with and said, hey, you guys tell us who you know or, right. or what you're thinking and do that. So it was. That's, uh, a, that's a smart approach. Yeah. And, you know, for for those of you listening, if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about with <laughs> demo days and audition days, typically anytime you have a, a startup accelerator or a program similar to this, they go through. There are several months that people, you can send in your stuff. You can basically apply. And then there's an kind of an interview and selection process. And then you go through several months of like learning whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. And then at the end of it, the companies basically showcase what they've done, what they've learned or their experience. And that's the demo day. And that's the day that it, that a lot of the companies are really trying to work on flexing at because that's when now, prior to COVID, I mean, I remember some of the very last events that I went to that were like in person, a couple of them were demo days. They were actually right. for Launch KC. Yeah, yeah, Launch KC. So Launch KC, they've yeah. been on the show and you mentioned that them pivoting. They used to give away grants and now they have a slightly different approach, which I like. I like because... Even one, though I received one of the grants, so I like that program well, as well, well too. Yeah, but let's, but let's just, well, let's give them a little props too. Because oh, yeah. I think it's important to, you know, you look at organizations and... Um, it's easy to just kind of stick with what you've been doing. So yeah. they were giving away a dozen $50,000 grants a year, which is awesome. But they, you know, they looked at it and they said, I think we could do better. And, and I love the way that they did it because what they did was they instead gave non-dilutive uh, cap, capital, meaning like they didn't require shares in the background, but they took a top level corporate sponsor. Yes. So they did insure tech. They did, uh, uh, D, you know, like, they, did they do DFA? No, that was, that they, was, oh that man, was I, you know, I'm sitting here. They did an insurance <laughs> one. They did, uh, they did like a, a biotech one. Yeah. Cause I remember yeah. I had different people that had like, you know, like interesting food and, and other stuff. I'm kind of at a loss with the other ones. I'm embarrassed about that because full scale was actually a sponsor <laughs> of that. So I should know, but I don't. Um, well, and I agree with you. I, you know, I, I love that concept of it. I mean, cause accelerators, well, you get great. the best of both Brands worlds. Are great. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But being able to do that, because I, I, I will tell you, I, this is this is not being recorded, is it? No, just kidding. I know it is. Never. We do have a speculative project we're working on right now is doing a 5G innovation hub. I'm in Kansas City, but 
the thing about that, and so we've been doing a lot of work and trying to put that together, but the fact that we could we do two things, you know, we bring in actually significant equipment that people could field test and work on and do that they couldn't, a startup couldn't do on their own, even if you give them a $50,000 check. And then two, you bring the corporate partners behind it to say, you know. I think that's the key part yeah, with that. Right. So you look yeah. at like having a top level partner and they make an invest, an actual investment in right. the companies that come in. And, you know, that's fine and dandy, but what's more valuable to those companies is the relationship with right. the, the parent yeah. organization. Will, and that will say that loosely because it's yeah. not truly a parent organization. But having someone that has a vested interest, right. having, a pow having powerful friends yeah. with your startup is connected to is, is good. Right. So, like, you look at, like, InsureTech which was sponsored by a company called, uh, for launch case, it was Brush Creek Partners and they're a huge seller of insurance. So they had some yep. different companies that did some different stuff and they do a really good job of, of picking who and where. Um, you know, before we get into the second half of the show, a quick reminder yep. that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We help you build a software team quickly and affordably. Do you know that there are over 300,000 open IT jobs in the U.S. that are currently unfillable because we don't have people to do it, which means that you're going to have to find resources somewhere else. That is what we help you with at Fullscale. Go to Fullscale.io. Um, isn't that crazy? 300,000 open it jobs. Yeah. And it's a zero sum game too. Cause if you fill one, you just open another one. Yeah. So we, we were looking specifically at the Kansas city market. I think there's 4,300 unfilled cybersecurity jobs. That's just cybersecurity. Just yeah. cybersecurity. There's nine, 9,000 total tech jobs yeah. open. And, and so that's doubled since the pandemic. Hit. Oh yeah. It's just crazy. Um, numbers. Yeah. And they can't a, fill them. You're right. It's it's, a challenge. It really yeah. is. It's a, you know, that's it's funny cause we didn't start full scale intentionally. I mean, we, I just had, a, I had an office in the Philippines for a long time. And when I became business partners with Matt Watson, who at the time was the founder of Stackify, right. uh, he just couldn't find people. They just were, they didn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, we ended up, we, so a good entrepreneur finds a need and fills it. And it's kind of like yeah, what you're doing. So you mentioned, I was going to ask this anyway, we don't have to name companies because you mentioned helping 20 companies, right. which I was, you know, some of them aren't going to make it through the program. No. Did, did that in fact occur? Um, yeah, you know, as we said on the innovation showcase, which we did through the global entrepreneurship week. Um, yeah, three or four of those decided that, you know, it wasn't worth the time commitment because really in lots of ways, what ours is, is, you know, we're helping them, but a part of that is we want them to go through some classes. And sure. We want them to, we were setting up advisor boards for them. So we're bringing that they meet with once a month. We're putting these companies together in peer roundtables with each other so they can benefit. So, you know, so there, there's some time commitment, which, you know, you and I both know from the entrepreneurial world, time is one of your most precious commodities. And, yeah. and um, what some do people do don't that? like so, being told what to do. And some people don't like being That's, told what to do. I honestly think it's more of that. We had a couple people yeah. that were clearly not coachable. Yeah. They yeah. they were where they wanted to be, which is fine. Yeah. You know, and I, I wish them well and I hope they do. So yeah. So we had a few that, that fell out, but most have, have really embraced the program and really feel like they've gotten great benefits yeah. um, out of it at this point. We just kicked off our advisor, as I said, that advisor meetings where we brought in from our network, you know, three to four people that could help them, whether they could be, you know, marketing help, legal help, um, technology help. So we, we've had the whole, whole gamut really kind of running through there. And, and the, the companies that are doing, I said, this is just great. I could have never made these contacts without this program doing that. Yeah. I was just thinking about 
it was a, it was three years ago and uh, there's an organization here in town, the hemp, the Hellsberg entrepreneurial yeah. mentoring program uh, sponsored by Hellsberg. It's like as in Hellsberg jewelers and um, a, a guy named Laryl Holtz. I don't know if you know, Laryl, he was the founder of car star. Yeah. Uh, he was at episode 12 on uh startup hustle out of, eight, out <laughs> out of, of now 800. And he was also in my book, balance <laughs> me, but uh, he invited us down to, to, uh, preview a you know a coaching and mentoring program and matt both matt watson and i it was a two-day thing and we were both like what do we need to why do we need to do this we know everything already <laughs> and then we went down and, and that's like basically we were talking about that and then at the end of the first day we both got in my truck and we looked at each other and we're like we got to come to stuff like this a lot more and, you know, so, and, and that's the thing is like, I, I really want to encourage everyone listening to participate in these things that, that exist because it's easy to feel like you have it figured out on some days. And then the thing is being brilliant on the basics requires brush up. You got to go back to it. Right. So I, I'm curious about, you know, we've used the term workshop yeah. and some of that, like, what does that look like? If I go to, if I were in the program and I went to one of these workshops, what is like, what, what is that? Well, specifically on this one, the workshops were more ideation sessions. So it was really kind of networking and bringing in and, as I said, building. So we've done actually five different workshops, but the workshops were really more to turn up either, you know, companies or people or ideas. Um, So, you know, we we had, you know, and we have ideas that we still don't have an entrepreneur connected to. Sure. You know, we had someone come up and said, you know, the, the food deserts are a real issue. You know, could someone build a tool that would allow, you know, areas that can't get delivery of food to bundle together so that someone would be willing to deliver food to them and do that? Great concept. Would love to find an entrepreneur that says, I would like to hook into the do that. One that was I thought interesting, we had someone said that with, you know, through COVID, um, academies are trying to get papers out really quickly, but it's really hard to do and still protect their IP. Could someone create an uh, an NFT program, use blockchain to actually let academia people get their papers out quickly while still protecting it, let the peer reviews happen and have all that really built into a blockchain ledger um, to do that? I think that's a brilliant idea. I would love to see someone get behind that. So, so those workshops, we created some, you know, some just pure ideas that said, I, I don't want to do this, but I think this would be great if someone was working on it. And we're like, and, and if there's anybody out here today listening to this and says, I love that idea, I'd like to work on it, we'll bring you into the program and we'll help you. We'll, we'll put some tools around you to do that. So so the workshops were there. We built business canvases um, for these ideas that said, here's the way that you need to do that. And as we said, and then most of it was just networking and bringing in, it's like, hey, if you talk to so-and-so, that they're doing something really interesting, and I think they'd be a great fit for your program. A lot of you listening have been searching for an idea. They're out there. I they're mean, idea, I, I say this a lot, big money ideas are everywhere, yeah. and, and they're not worth a dime without execution right. and the right people that have a passion to solve those problems. I also might spend the next hour after this show just uploading all of my stray documents to op- to open C. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to non-fungible token them. There you go. Um, and there you go. Then I'll put a lock on them. But if that's, you know, you look, well, look it's, at, it's an interesting way to protect. No, IP. it's actually, yeah. it's, 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 it's interesting because yeah. 
I'd never even thought about that. And that's, you know, cause I'm not an academic. I dropped out of five colleges. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like the opposite of academic, but that's, that's one of the things that we talk to people a lot at full scale about. So that was one of the problems that we had to solve for people that, so yeah. when you go to like, we looked at four years ago, all these problems that existed with offshoring. It was all like right. freelance marketplaces, but they didn't have any accountability for the yeah. people that were in them. Like people were like, oh yeah, but they, I'm like, yeah, that person's in Malaysia. And if they leave with your intellectual property, uh, what are you going to do about it? Right. Oh, but they say that they're, they're vetted. <laughs> yeah. You don't have any recourse yeah. there. And I know that because I actually had a former, I'm not going to mention the marketplace, but I had uh, a contractor like eight years ago, try to blackmail me for my code. Eh. This isn't working out guy. Okay, fine. If you're not going to pay me more money right now, then I'm publishing your shit online. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, think about that. Like, yeah. And, you know, and so that was part of the problem, like that we solved. And a lot of these things are really kind of straightforward and basic. It, we literally, when we started Fall Scale, we just talked to all of our friends that had had offshore developers before. And we said, what didn't go well? And we just did the opposite. It's, I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I've done offshore developing in my, in my yeah. past. And yeah, it's, well, it's hard because you, know, yeah. you're, if you don't do, if you're not right. in the, so we use the acronym rare, we're specialists in recruiting, assessing, retaining, and employing, yeah. which means we have vetted employees. We have IP protection. They're under contract right. with us, like all of that. And I mean, honestly, if you think you know a lot about that, call me up, I might give you a job because <laughs> uh, you probably don't, you know, I mean, just saying it's, it's the same thing with, that's why, you know, but, but, you know, one of the other right. things too is no one wanted, you know, you don't, chaining together a team of, of freelancers. Right. Yeah. Well, and you that's know, that's JV. That's JV. Lots of people just yeah. see that low price tag. What? Wow. $25 an hour. And we, and, you know, we and, find that yeah. those folks get what they pay for. Yes, they do. And then and Generally up, speaking. we end up hearing from them later. <laughs> wanting, Can someone fix this for yeah. me? So, okay. So, a uh, little little change in in uh, path here. Uh, why is it why is it important to have programs like this in anyone's hometown? Um, you know, well, you could go through all the stats of you know how small businesses, you know, new startups really drive economic development and stuff. But as you know, as as you and I and most eyes knows, you know, starting a business is not easy. Nope. Um, and you need you need a lot of people around you. You need a lot of help. I mean, even as I said, I go back to twenty years ago when I started. I had no clue of what I was doing. I didn't I didn't know we, we were hiring people, and it's like you know, what is sexual harassment? And I need HR training, and you know, how do I protect that's that? One of like I, seven thousand things. Yeah, I, I had I had a million dollars of reoccurring SaaS revenue off of contracts that I had cobbled together myself. You know, we hadn't even, we hadn't done an attorney or anything else with it. So, you know, all the different pieces that it takes to make a business, you need that help. So having a startup ecosystem that can help those companies go, I mean, not only does it, it really can change, you know, the entrepreneur's future, but it changes the city's future. Um, and it really can help do that. So we, we are big believers and a strong startup ecosystem build strong startups, which builds a strong community. Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. First off, startups don't come with an owner's manual. No, they don't. <laughs> you got to write your own, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> and, um, and, and change it every day. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's easy to look at, you get these like, you know, mega million trillion dollar companies. 
they all had one employee at some point yes, too, or two or three, or they were in the garage or something like that. So yeah. it all starts that way. Right. Uh, I think one of the important things is, is getting that guidance and input early. Cause uh, in my book, million dollar bedroom, I talk about the, the ball of rubber bands and you invariably, yeah. you mentioned cobbling all these things together and doing whatever you were adding rubber bands every time. Right. And we, and, and that's normal. Uh, the question is, is how big are you going to let the ball of rubber bands get before you decide to unwind it? And you, you're going to have to unwind it. Yes. And I've had painful moments where I've almost had basically had to stop business at some points to allow some of that to catch up. Also normal in an early stage business, but you know, much like we use the term in tech, technical debt, it's got to get paid back. So it's kind of like startup technical debt in many regards. Uh, So another thing too, when it comes to local stuff, for those of you looking to get an edge, a start, a boost, anything, it's probably in your backyard. I mean, there are, uh, we're talking about Kansas city today, but I can name six to eight different things just here in Kansas City, the 28th biggest market in the United States. And we've got all this stuff here. Now, I, Kansas City actually outperforms markets at size. Like there was a, 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 a I don't, I'm not a real big list and award yeah. guy because, you know, last, so I won an award from Forbes last year and I tried to take it to the bank and I couldn't fit it in the <laughs> tube at the drive through yeah. And then I didn't have a mask, so I couldn't yeah. go in to deposit it. And I was like, shit, I can't put this <laughs> thing in the bank. So, but no, actually there was, a, I read an article that had Kansas City in, as number 10 nationally. Now that's a good number for us because yeah, like I said, we're the 28th biggest market. Like it's, you know, so there's different tiers, but you know, cities have this stuff, these, you, but here's the thing. You got to go look for them. Now you're going, what? where do I look for them? Google, <laughs> get really good at Googling. You know, I think that has a lot to do right. with my success as an entrepreneur. I I'm good at Googling things. Yeah. Yeah. Google, yeah. Google's amazing tool. Yeah. I mean, it's literally got every answer you may have. Right. It might not be the first thing at the top of the list, but you got to get into yeah. it. And I mean, there's really no reason. I, I, it annoys me when people, I don't have any experience. Yeah. No one else did until they did. You can give yourself experience. You can find the info. Like there's almost 6,000 venture capital firms and funds right now, like nationwide, like it's out there. I mean, money is pouring into this. It's also got, you got federal, you got local, you have economic development committees, commissions, corporations, like get out there and look for it because opportunity needs to be chased. It doesn't chase you. Is that fair to say? That's absolutely fair to say. Yeah. 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 But, and also too, as I said, you, you have to be, as we, we talked about being, you know, teachable and everything yeah. else too, but you have to know, as I said, I've been an entrepreneur for 21 years. There are all sorts of things I don't know. There are, oh, yeah. you know, most people I sit down oh, yeah. know things that I don't know yeah. about running a business and doing a business. Yeah. It, I can learn from virtually anybody that I sit down with. And, you know, I think having that attitude and that understanding helps more than anything that, that there's just benefits out there. If, if at the moment that you think that, you know, even <laughs> most of it, it just stop. Cause you don't, you don't. I mean, it, there's too much until here's a startup idea. If you can figure out how to do that thing in the back of the head, like the matrix, and you can just like <laughs> unload, upload and like, I know Kung Fu afterward. I'm in on that. Cause that's what it would take. And it would take a very long time of being connected to that cord. Yes, it would. 
Yeah. So there's so much of it. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's the thing. I, I gotta, I gotta be honest, Jim, the people that I know that are the most successful and I've been pointing out the fact that I'm turning 47 in 2022 and, you know, the people I know that are most successful at my age and continue on and whatever, they never stop learning. They have an insatiable appetite and it, you, you can ask, like, it's funny because this is all defined. This is an outside perspective. Are you obsessed or are you driven? I say, who cares? Because you got to be one of the two <laughs> to get it. Like my wife even gives me a hard time because when I decide to take a moment away from entrepreneurship, I just instead like watch TV shows about entrepreneurship, <laughs> she, you know, or stuff like that. She's like, you're obsessed. I'm like, hey, but that's what it takes. I think the real question is, is how bad do you want it? So, right. all right. So different, a different uh, subject here. So you've done a bunch of stuff. A few things. Um, yeah. yeah. And I have too. Um, yeah. as I once again, pointing out as I'm getting older, I'm finding the importance of, of really trying to be good. I'm trying to be better at a much, much, much smaller number of things. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's interesting. As, as I'm getting older, I'm, I feel like I'm going in the opposite direction, but mostly because I'm probably, ADD. I, you know, it's, well, so I, I like, yeah. I like shiny objects. And so well, I, I like training to chase my, I'm training myself not to chase them. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I was asking for, I, I, a friend. I meant I was asking for a friend. I haven't learned that. I haven't learned that thing. Cause shiny objects, just, as I said, you know, a year ago I was doing nothing in augmented oh, reality yeah. and virtual reality. And now I'm like just fully engaged. I think it's the, you know, I think it's going to change so many industries. Next year, it's like I love this. You know, I love what the, what's happening with it and everything else. And and as I said two years ago, well, that's been four years ago. I was making gelato. You know, so you know, who knows where where it ends up taking you? Know, Twenty you. years ago, I was selling pianos. <laughs> Never done that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did he play? No, <laughs> I don't. I play guitar, but I don't play piano. But I ended up, I ended up you know, with a, a pretty high level job at the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments. But it was around, I'm passionate about music. Like I love music. And I even wrote a book on the industry with some rock stars a few years ago. And, uh, and that was a bit of a passion project. It was still business related. It was the realest guide to a successful music career. Now I have a successful music career, but it wasn't as a performer. And you know, one of the things you see in so many different industries is, like in that case, people, oh, you're in the music industry. Do you, that's the question. Do you play? Right. <laughs> no, I, I have the voice of an angel. But actually, my son told me yesterday, he said, Dad, your singing voice is terrible. Yeah. He's five. I'm like, God, is it that bad? As I said, I love music. I tried to learn guitar at one time. I could, I could learn the chords. I couldn't yeah. strum. I have no rhythm. I have no natural rhythm. And, I, I have a but, couple of friends that like like sell out venues like red rocks and stuff like that oh, yeah. i saw them play and i quit guitar after yeah. that i was like oh, so that's where i'm well i, mean, I have no I said, chance yeah you can be passionate about something i <laughs> i referred earlier you know i, well, I go 99 percent of that industry is not on the stage right. yeah that's true absolutely yeah, and that that's yeah. what made the, but i wrote right. it with with performing artists like we had a member of dave matthews band right before yeah. there was all everyone from like huey we got huey lewis Remember Huey Lewis, Power yeah, of Love? Yes, like, I do. That yeah, guy I do. was actually at one time one of the 10 most famous people on the planet. And now he doesn't even do it. do shows. Yeah. But. <laughs> Speaking of doing it, it's about time for the Founders Freestyle. That's how I like to end my episodes of Startup Hustle. I say my episodes 
as you probably know, but maybe not, I'm not the only host of the show. Make sure you tune in for Andrew Morgan's weekly episode about e-commerce and Amazon and tune in for Innovate, her founder, Lauren Conaway. And she talks about all kinds of stuff. You, you know, do you know Lauren? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Lauren's awesome. Great. She's yeah. awesome. She's my shero. She, I, I, I do that for Lauren now. I didn't. Lauren's also my consultant. Shero is a great term. Lauren's like my sensitivity consultant. <laughs> uh, I'll call her and sometimes I'll be like, can you explain these acronyms to me? Because I don't know how they work. But, you know, that's all right. So with the Founders Freestyle, we like to, uh, you know, recap what we talked about. I like to give guests a chance to mention, bring up, or talk about anything that, Yeah, I mean, what are your closing arguments or comments? Well, my sir? closing argument, as I said, I think, you know, we were talking through COVID and, and you know, bouncing back and resiliency and being beaten down. But I think, you know, for me, really what came out is find something that's important to you. Um, and embrace that and go after it. You know, for me, as I said, it's part of what jumped me into the nonprofit world. I thought, there's just things I want to do. I, you know, I want to change the world, you know, and I can do that as a startup. I can do that in that. Find your passion and um, go for it. And, you know, we have things that you could plug into, but there's all sorts of, of ways to do that. And, I, you know, for me, the lesson through COVID has been that, you know, life, life is short and I'm going to figure out what's important to me and I'm going to do that. Well, all right. So for my free sell, first off, thank you for doing the stuff that someone needs to do. I mean, honestly, I think that we don't give enough. I, I tell, I think Lauren, I'll actually see her later today. She comes and records the top startups every month. We pick a new city. Make sure you tune in for those. Uh, today we're talking about, I, I believe, New Orleans. Or maybe we're not. It's another city. I don't know. They all start to blend together. It's a global world. Um, Well, I think the thing from today that I just want to reiterate is, you know, so many, I've talked to so many listeners and people in the past that they're looking to get, you know, that first movement forward. They have no resources. They have no understanding. They have no experience. These things are curable. Like you can, but you got, once again, you got to get out there and, and look for it. I mean, it, it, no one's going to come find you sitting on <laughs> no, your couch and be like, you know what? I heard you're someone that might have some good ideas. Can I give you a bunch of money and you just do whatever you want with it? It's the opposite. That's not how it works. You have to actually have a plan. You got to go sell yourself. And remember in these earliest stages, it's you that we have done a very unscientific survey over 800 episodes where I've taught, okay, do you, for people that make investments, do you invest in the jockey or the horse. And that stage is the jockey. People are investing in you at that point. You're trying to just get something viable and something going. And there's a ton of places and things to do that. In fact, every month that goes by, there are more of them. You know, 10 years ago, you couldn't do things like crowdfund a startup. You could have done Kickstarter, but now you can actually like buy equity. And we've had uh, things like ourcrowd.com has sponsored the show and like a whole lot of yeah. different stuff that, you know, really made a lot of sense. So, you know, there's a, there is a way where there's a will, there's a way, and there is a way out there. So get your will together. And I don't mean the one that happens when you die. I mean, you know, get your purpose moving forward and, and whatever it is that you're passionate about, that's probably the best thing for you to be an entrepreneur around because without the passion, you're going to quit. It's just that simple. You're going to quit because it's and, hard. Yeah. It's hard every day. You know, as I said, it's hard every day if you yeah. don't have the passion. So, side note, 
episode. So we started this podcast to complain about entrepreneurship and also <laughs> to be real about it. And episode yeah. episode one was an introduction to Startup Hustle. Episode two was titled Getting Funded Sucks. Like that tells you where Matt Watson and I, yeah. where our heads are at with the message we want to deliver. That was literally like the first real episode. So, and it sucks whether you're established or whether you're not. So anyway, you got to get at it. Jim, I'll catch up with you down the road. Thank you, Matt. Great catching up with you today. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.